Hello, this is Jim Menick, and for reasons only you understand, you are listening to Nostrum, the debate soap opera, where deontology is more than just an idea, it's a rebuttal by Jules O'Shaughnessy and the Nostrumite. There have been a lot of things happening at the Miami Messerschmitt Messeforensics. We have had love affairs come to fruition, we have had sexual identities become known, and we have had arrests on morals charges by coaches who should have known better. Keeping all that in mind, sit down and relax and prepare yourself for episode 31, Sisterhood Forever. Amnia Nutmilk's head is spinning and she is not happy about it. Her first round this morning was, simply put, an eye-opener. At exactly 8.02, she entered the assigned classroom, the first to arrive. Feeling a bit like a pro after her rounds the day before, she pulled her legal pad out of her briefcase and turned it sideways, then drew a grid of ten boxes so that she could flow the round exactly as Chesney had taught her. She was amused by the use of flow as a transitive verb, a neologism probably confined only to forensics, literally translatable as taking notes, or more to the point, creating a flowchart of the round. Flowing the round. Going over the flow. Flowing. It had made her think of menstruation ever since Chesney first said it, an observation she has so far not shared with her son, heaven forbid. Having prepared her flow pad, she set her stopwatch to count down from six minutes and filled in her blank ballot with the names of her two first-flight debaters taken from the schematic. She was signing her name to the ballot when the two debaters entered the room, and she was immediately charmed by them. Both tall, handsome boys, impeccable suits, and both of them with the sweetest, politest Texas accents. She knew she was in for a treat until the round started, and she heard the fastest talking of which a human is capable, or maybe even a little faster. She sat there for a minute stunned. The affirmative was traveling faster than the speed of light through his definitions, his value, his criteria, three of those, two observations, and halfway into the second subpoint of his first contention before she had time to write down even one word on her flow pad. Speed of light, nothing. He was traveling through a wormhole, bypassing Einsteinian physics completely. And then the other one stood up, and he was twice as fast as the first one, she told Chesney, when she met him in the auditorium after the round. I understood about five words they spoke for the entire round. Texans, Chesney said, as if that was all the explanation that was necessary. Texans are Westerners, his mother said. Slow talkers, John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, Clint Eastwood. They're not cowboys, Mom. They're Texas debaters. They're the fastest LDers on the circuit. How can anyone understand them? They're not as fast as some policy teams. Then keep me away from policy. Good Lord, have you actually debated any of these Texans? A few times, and you can understand what they're saying. Pretty much. Then you're a better man than I am, Gungadin. You'll get used to it, eventually. We have plenty of fast talkers back home, too. As fast as that? Well, maybe not that fast, but fast enough. 
I can't wait. Chesney chuckled. You might not have to. But now she has finished the first flight of the fifth and final preliminary round, and she has not had to suffer through that sort of blazing speed again. But still her head is spinning, and she is in dread that the next two people who walk into the room will start off sounding like Roy Rogers and end up sounding like Buck Rogers. She needn't have worried. The two debaters who enter the room are both from the Northeast, and both are fairly slow talkers although they are not saying anything at the moment. Simultaneously, they go to the blackboard and write their codes. Aff, Knighton, J.M. Neg, Toulouse, H.F. Amnia copies down the codes in the appropriate places on the ballot, and under these the full names of the debaters as soon as they write them on the board. Jasmine, Maru, had Fleece. Had, Amnia thinks, as she fills in the name. What kind of name is Had? They're near the top of the schematic, Chesney had told her right before the round, which means that you're judging people who probably have three one records. What about you? I think I'm three one too. So does that mean anything, judging three ones? At a tournament this big, it probably means that one of them will definitely break and the other one definitely won't. Which means, she thinks now, as she watches the two of them scribbling their last-minute notes, that it's up to her to make one of these two cute kids very unhappy. Damn. The girl, Jasmine, turns around in her seat. Judge ready, she asks. Ready, Amnia replies. Jasmine turns to Had. Opponent ready? Ready, he says. Jasmine stands up and begins her affirmative case. Following a click of the stopwatch, Amnia begins flowing. And thank God, the girl speaks at a relatively normal speed. Amnia breathes a sigh of relief. The affirmative case goes normally, and Amnia jots down all the high points. By now, she's getting used to this topic and the note-taking. No, make that flowing. And she's even developed her own little shorthand for words and phrases that keep popping up, like... R.S. for rights and S.C. for social contract. Slowly but surely, she's beginning to feel like the coach she has committed herself to becoming. It is only at the end of Jasmine's speech that Amnia recognizes the tension in the air. I stand ready for cross-examination, Jasmine says. Amnia leans back in her chair as Hat Fleece rises. For Amnia, this is the fun part of the round, or at least it has been so far. How are you today, Jasmine? Had begins. What a phony, Amnia thinks. But it's probably better than just ramming into the opponent, as some of the debaters have done. Fine, Jasmine answers almost painfully. Good, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. And so he begins. But Amnia can't get over Jasmine's expression. And then she realizes, aha, they must be boyfriend and girlfriend. Their schools are practically down the road from each other, and it must be hell for them to have to debate each other. Her heart sinks. It's going to be hell for her to have to drop one of them and keep that one out of the final round. Damn. The round plays out, despite whatever is going on between the two of them, and Amnia finds no way to clearly pick a winner as it goes along. The two debaters match each other point for point. Finally, Jasmine ends it with a short second affirmative rebuttal that sums up all of the important issues of the round. The two debaters shake hands, then both of them walk to the back of the room and shake Amnia's hand. How quaint. 
and they leave Amnia nut milk to make her decision as best she can. That's Chesney's mother, isn't it? Had asks after they are in the hallway. Jasmine nods. I think so. How many other nut milks are there in the world? Had smiles. Jasmine smiles back almost reluctantly. Great round, Haz says, as they start walking towards the auditorium. Great round, she echoes hollowly. According to Grio, we're both 3-1. Uh-huh. This round is going to make and break us. I hope that you're the one that breaks. Oh, she raises an eyebrow. You did a great job in there. You deserve it. You did a great job, too. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, Had stops walking. I've, I've been meaning to talk to you, he says. Oh, Jasmine turns and faces him. About last week? About last week? Lunch. I said I'd meet you for lunch, and I didn't. Oh, that. I'd forgotten all about it. As she says these words, she hopes Had isn't an expert at detecting a lie when he hears one. Oh, well, something came up. Cartier? Why let him off the hook, she wonders. He's squirming a bit, and he did stand her up. Let him suffer for a while. We sort of went out to lunch. She said you wouldn't mind, though, because of your boyfriend. Boyfriend? Yeah, that novice. I didn't realize the two of you were going out then. He shakes his head abruptly. I mean, I know you're not going out anymore. Boyfriend? That novice? You mean Buglaroni? Yeah, I think that was his name. Buglaroni, yeah. You thought he was my boyfriend? Buglaroni? Her volume is rising. Isn't he? I mean, wasn't he? Did Cartier tell you that? That Buglaroni was my boyfriend? Had hesitates. Well, she might have. I, I guess so. Jasmine is speechless. It is bad enough stealing Had right under her nose, but Cartier has to lie about it? And with such a miserable lie? I have never dated Buglaroni in my life, she exclaims finally. And I will never date Buglaroni. If it were a choice between swimming to Siberia in elephant manure or just even pretending to date Buglaroni, I'd have my water wings on before you could say everyone into the salt mines. Buglaroni, ugh! She shivers uncontrollably. I'm sorry, Had says. I thought, you thought whatever that blonde bimbo told you to think. Well, join the club, Had Fleece. You're just one more scalp on her coop stick. And I thought you'd like to me a little, that we might get to know each other. That, that, that. She runs out of that. Go to hell, Had Fleece, and take that Zircon bimbo along with you. She spins around and stalks off towards the cafeteria, leaving Had standing with his mouth open and his eyes wide. Welcome to the Bahamas. Behind Had, unbeknownst to him or to Jasmine before him, Amnia Nutmilk has been standing in a nearby doorway where she has heard the entire argument. The bastard, she thinks, tightening her grip on the ballots she is holding. They start young and they never change. Men, boys, what's the difference? They're all bastards. She pulls her pen out of her briefcase and positions the Jasmine Had ballot on the wall in front of her. She has already given them tied points, 29 each. She had written up her analysis point by point, showing how close the round was. But until this moment, she was still unsure of which one was the winner. And she had been putting off writing down the all-important kicker, the reason for decision, or RFD. But now she has an RFD, all right. The little bastard. Winner, Knighton J.M., Reason for decision, affirmative is more persuasive. More persuasive. 
She had learned that from Chesney. The worst thing you could say on a ballot was something as noncommittal and irritatingly vague as more persuasive, especially in an important round like this one. More persuasive. It served the little bastard right. And Amnia Nutmilk now heads off to the ballot table, happy that justice, the avowed goal Lincoln-Douglas debaters almost always strive to attain, has at least this once been achieved. Will Jasmine Maru break while Had Fleece spends the afternoon playing solitaire? Will Jasmine start dating Buglaroni just to keep Cartier from becoming a liar? Is Amnia Nutmilk going to become the queen of the judges? Will Texans ever learn to talk slowly? Is there any chance we will have to debate an animal rights topic? Do any two weather forecasters agree on how El Nino will affect us this year? Hang on to your pants when the answers remain unrevealed in our next episode. First, Princess Diana, then Mother Teresa. Coincidence or clever convenience? <laughs>